Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 168, the Ryan suck-up making one of his 12 total made field goals longer than 50 yards as a Titan in one degree weather to beat Kansas City of Sodes. People forget that. Yeah, suck-up had some major hero performances, but I, that groin injury, you remember that's what it was. It kind of derailed everything. Yeah, right, but right. It, I swear it's the second you let go of a kicker who's you know established but struggled you know one or two years he the next team he catches on to immediately turns it back on and has like a career year every yeah, and single that's, time. That you that you said is not the understood you. It's literally just referencing the Titans. Jack was talking directly to the Titans in that because they that they're the only ones that seem to have that uh, misfortune. <laughs> yeah, who knows what Steven Goskowski's doing right now? But as soon as he signs with somebody, right? I know he's probably celebrating like his forty eighth birthday. But yeah, if he comes back, I'm telling you, watch out. I look. If you want to be a Hall of Fame kicker, sign with the Titans for like a week, and then after that, you're going to be well on your way to Hall of Fame status. Greg Joseph did it. Had a great year in Minnesota. Hit some Greg huge kicks. Greg Joseph. Wow, I forgot about Greg Joseph. All right, look, we we kind of haven't done remember the Titan in a while. We just did remember the Titan <laughs> with a Greg Joseph blast here just minutes into the podcast. That so title comes via Eldon English at Shrike 113, our Tupper of the Year, who, mm-hmm. because if you, and if you haven't seen it yet, my man Eldon put mayonnaise in his margarita. We asked if anyone did this, you automatically become Tupper of the Year. He put mayonnaise in his margarita. The video is up on, uh, on the Instagram page at Tighten up podcast on Instagram. Go watch it. It Oof. is well done. Yeah. It's Chef's Kiss Beauty by yeah. Elton. Make sure you're not, you know, easily queasy. So it's pretty gross. It's not. It's not like the jarred mayonnaise that you just scoop out with a spoon or a knife and put in there. My man got the squirt top mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. It looked like you know how like look. I know like there's some tequilas that actually have worms at the bottom. This looked like he had worms at the top of his tequila. It was weird. It they were floating. It was bad. There were some chemical reactions in there. I again can't say it enough. Go check out the video at Tighten Up Podcast on uh, Twitter. I mean, on Instagram. You need to check it out. I think you can find it on our Twitter too, but it's probably harder to find because you have to go back further. So, uh, and while you're there, go ahead and follow those accounts if you don't mind. We got a uh, we got a sewed for you this week. OTAs have kicked off, which means football is back. Okay, I I can't say that with a straight face. That it is not back. It is it's literally just grown men in shorts and helmets. But uh, at least that means we're closer. With every step we take into this barren desert of the off season, we're that much closer to getting to the oasis that is football. Um, and I, we've got a lot to get into today. There's some been some rule changes in the NFL. Um, we're going to have a very serious and intellectual, or, or at least as intellectual as the, these two doofuses can get about Derek Henry 
And I know a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, wow, Austin having an intellectual conversation about Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Just hear me out, okay? Because we've got some points to make. We're going to talk a lot. We're going to have a very, we're going to sit down birds and the bees type talk about Derrick Henry and what uh, to expect, what, uh, where, where the future is, where the future lies with that man. Not like any of us can predict it because every time we try to, he just stiff arms us right in the nose and smashes our faces in. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see. That'll uh, be uh, I. We haven't even had the discussion yet, but I can tell you it's going to be great. And then of course uh, we got a new segment alert. New segment alert called Two Tone Blue? Question mark. And uh, I think you, if you're a listener of this podcast uh, for many weeks, then I think you know exactly where we're going with that segment. But before we get into any of that, we first must get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. Love our friends over at Relax the Back. They set out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and falling asleep at night and staying asleep, you've got posture issues, maybe you're tall, like six foot two, perhaps. And, you know, you're hunched over at your desk and, you know, you get, you get low back pain. Your your tailbone is, is a little tight. They've got a variety of chairs that can combat neck and back pain. They've got zero gravity chairs. They've got recliners, massage chairs. If you have an office, you want to treat, you want to reward your employees, bring in a big old massage chair from Relax the Back. They've got uh, the Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses. The highest form of sleep technology is at Relax the Back. They're going to make sure you're getting eight hours a night and waking up feeling like yourself every single day. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over in that shopping center right next to Hillsborough High School. You middle Tennesseans know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry. They've got a website where they have everything in their showroom available for purchase. It's at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. So go check them out in person. If you can't do that, check them out online. Whenever you check them out, make sure you tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is May 24th, 2023. And look, you go to Alpac Steakhouse, they're going to tell you no rules, just right. But you go to the NFL, they're going to tell you new rules. And most of the time, they're not all right. <laughs> it is, it feels like every year, we're getting new rules uh, shoved down our throats, most of which we don't agree with. Remember when we would review... Pass interference. Remember when that yeah. was a thing? 2019. Like a year? And, and, yeah, that was, and nobody would ever have one overturned. No, no, it was terrible. It was yeah, yeah, because a ref on national TV is gonna be like, yeah, I got that one wrong. My bad. Like, come on, it's not. That's not happening. That was one of the worst. Uh, there's just plenty. That I feel like just any new rule about quarterbacks always sucks and makes the sport so much more infuriating to watch. However, there are some rules this year that um, maybe a little bit of that. I think the one that irks me the most, and we'll go over the full list here in just a second, but the one that irks me the most off the top, we can now flex Thursday night games. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is a rule that was very controversial because uh, every player, first of all, every player hates Thursday night games. Every uh, and and so the the idea that now you can flex those games to where your schedule can change, and there are some stipulations put into place to where it's not like a last minute thing, but it is kind of ridiculous that this is a a rule where the uh, the Players Association shot it down. The um, I believe a lot of the teams themselves, where like you know the the travel coordination and all of that, like the football operations amongst most teams, has has shot this idea down. Hate the idea, but it was the owners and only the owners that voted this through. And so, of course, now it is a rule. Be- why? Because they see the TV dollars. They see the they see the you know the dollar signs, and that's really the only thing that they see. They've got the those um you know like at New Year's you've got those those glasses that you put over your eyes, and it's like twenty happy twenty twenty, and like you you see out the two zeros. They've got those same glasses, but they're just dollar signs. And so, and you know, in those glasses, you can't see out them. You only see the dollar signs. The, the owners wear those glasses every single day to work. And that is, I mean, that's one of the reasons why they are owners, but that's all they see is dollar signs and nothing else. And everyone else has to pay for it. Yeah. Including it's their that, players. It's that Jeff Bezos, Amazon prime check that they really want. And you, you brought up a good point. Uh, nobody wanted this besides the owners. And it wasn't even unanimous amongst the owners. It, the vote passed 24 to eight. Um, I know a few teams off the top of my head. I know the Bears, the Packers, uh, the Lions, the Jets, the Steelers, maybe the Browns were in there as well that all voted against it. The Titans, I believe, uh, and Amy Adams Strunk, I believe, voted for it. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, there are, there are a few rules you got to get a 28 day heads up. You uh-huh. know, we're Four gonna move you. We're, we're planning on moving you into Thursday night this week, so you get a month to prepare. No team can play on Thursday night. More than two times, I know that they like to put every Jacksonville Jaguars game on Thursday night if they could. That can't happen, though. Yeah, the Titans feel like that. The Titans, like the only way they get quote unquote primetime games is the NFL gifts them like a couple of Thursday nights. And they're like, see, look, we give you guys primetime. We're like, (laughs) okay, the Thursday night games, that's like, you know, that's like, I don't know. That's like giving you like the runt of the litter. That is the, uh, that's worse than noon on Sunday. It's barely a primetime game. Yeah. Less people watch you on Thursday night than they do at noon on Sunday. You're right. So in the last thing is the only time they can flex you into a game or out of a game would be in the weeks 13 through 17. Yeah. And so the end of the season, uh, which I think that rules is uh, is similar to the flexing rules of NBC's flexing mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah. Uh, into Sunday night football. But it's so different with Thursday night. I, I, I feel like just managing rest and injury issues is so hard to do in a 17 game season, anyways. Now you get a month heads up. Hey, uh, you're going to play on sh- a short week after this game. But I want to ask you, I guess I'm, I'm not sure what their uh, idea is are they trying to make the thursday night games more competitive by flexing in some of the best games of the week in there you think or, Vers- or are they versus what to, to just waste a thursday night game like they did essentially all of last season when the broncos were on national television every other week 
Yeah, I think I think it's all about the TV product. I think they want to get a better matchup in there if they can, because late in the season, if you've got uh, you know, a a four and eleven Broncos team going up against uh, you a know, tank off uh, game. Yeah, a three and twelve team from you know, like uh, let's say the Miami Dolphins or something like, which I know they're better than that, but like you, you know, like like you're not going to like nobody's going to want to watch that, and Amazon wants to get their Prime subscribers. They want, which actually technically you can watch Thursday Night Football without being a Prime subscriber. You can stream it on their platform, but they want the streaming numbers. They want the people to come to their product and to eventually sign up for their product. To where they can watch other things because then, you know, on Amazon Prime, literally all of the commercials are basically, for the most part, for Amazon where they can they can sell you their new movies. They can sell you their product. They can sell you Whole Foods. They can sell you literally all of the many things under their umbrella. And it is that that's what it is. They just want they want a better product whereas like monday night football which that's honestly that's kind of like what i think gets screwed out of this the most is monday night football because why why can't we flex monday night games monday night is 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 the establishment monday night football has been around that used to be the game of the week the iconic platform and sunday night football has since taken that over the last decade but Prior to that, it was always, if you're playing on Monday night, that was the biggest deal. And the games and the scheduling has been kind of crappy over the years. Uh, you know, people like to to rip on the, the booth. Honestly, I don't think the, the booth has as much to do with Monday night football's kind of downfall as really just the the product of the games. So if Thursday night can flex their games, why can't Monday night? Because logistically, that almost feels like more sense it, because that's just a one-day difference between if you were playing on a Sunday and your game gets flexed to Monday, that's just 24 hours. Whereas Thursday night, that's a big deal. That makes a uh, a four-day rest week or like a, what, what would have been a seven-day rest week into a four-day rest week. Like you have to adjust so much of your and there's, time and there's teams that are going to be tra- there's teams that are going to be traveling too I mean, yeah it's a lost week for away teams on thursday night anyways but i mean it was so bad last year al michaels was complaining like yeah. on on air because it, it yeah. had been like 11 weeks and there wasn't a single good game or, or a game that like even came close to hitting the over and you know al michaels has money on the over every game he calls <laughs> right but no, the the Monday night thing makes sense, and that that's why I think that the Thursday night flex idea is a stepping stone. They're going to make sure that this goes off without a hitch, and then Monday night they have the same format put into place because there are some duds late in the season on Monday night where, you know, there's games that even I want to watch like in the AFC that aren't in my market. Say the Titans are playing um, at the same time, or maybe the like the Fox game is an NFC game like it typically. Yeah, is. maybe the Cowboys are on. But I want to see the Chargers, you know, square off with the Browns or whoever it is. I'm missing out on that. And then we're going to go on Monday night and watch. I mean, probably this is what exactly this is exactly what happened with the Broncos last year, but they're going to overschedule the Jets. Rodgers is going to mm-hmm. get hurt. Something or the Jets are going to stink because Todd yeah. Downing's starting to call plays for whatever reason. And the whole Monday night schedule gets sabotaged. But I, I think you with this specific rule. Looking at the Titans' schedule, I don't know that there's a game. I don't think that they're going to qualify as one of these teams that could get oh, flexed. Yeah. In the oh, yeah. Oh, just just know that, like, yeah, when we're talking 
primetime football games, odds are the Titans are not going to be in that conversation. And that and that includes that's and that's not a knock. That's not saying the Titans. I mean, look, I'm not expecting much from the Titans this season. Um, but even if they were to rattle off an eight no start or a seven and one start, I they're not getting they're not getting flexed into a game <laughs> no matter how good they are. Just because it's look, it's it, it's a they're not sexy yet. It's a top twenty five market in a league that has just about all twenty. Well, I think Nashville's what twenty three largest market. Uh, all 22 of those markets ahead of them, I'm pretty sure have NFL football teams. If not, yeah. like it's pretty close to it. So 23 may be generous as well. Yeah, I, so it's, it's, it's not, it's not a knock at, at the Titans. It's just, it's not a product that sells. It's not the, it, it's only a 20 year old fan base. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it doesn't really move the needle like other teams. The only way the Titans really get, and that's why you see like the Titans kind of go in and out of waves of getting those primetime games like if they get if they get um a, if they get like m- multiple primetime games in a season it's because they had a lot of success the year before and and that's it it they've never ever get multiple primetime games after a a year like the one they just had seven and no. nine and that's why honestly i think they got more primetime games this season than i expected them to you know how there's that that dialogue between new rich and old rich new poor and old poor where you maybe just came into money like a generation ago i like as a titans fan i feel like we're we're kind of a new contender you know like it's it's just been you know over these last four five six years where people are starting to like be like oh yeah the titans i don't really want to play them ever right. um whereas you know the prior the, the, the decade prior and i know that there's been history in the early 2000s and obviously the super bowl way back when but there was that huge stretch, that really depressing stretch where the Titans were pretty much going through what the Texans have gone through, but like for f- maybe twice as long. And since the Titans just came into wins, I feel as if primetime games should eventually evolve into a meritocracy. They've got to be earned, not given. Not yeah. everyone should have a primetime game. Not everyone should have two primetime games. Not everyone even deserves a Thursday night game. There's some teams that I will never watch. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I think the Titans are that for a lot of fans out there where they're just like the, the Titans just don't do it for them. May, yeah, maybe just because of the way that they play. But I think that more people out there than there than there probably are willing to admit will watch the Titans because of Derrick Henry. Yeah. And, and, that's, well, and that's because they've been it. they've been to Nashville before and they like Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which but is yeah, good. I mean, those yeah, aren't I mean, those aren't negatives. Those are good things to have. Which is, you know, which is one of the reasons. Which we'll uh, we'll get into Derrick Henry here in just a second. But that's one of the reasons why having a player like him on uh, your roster is so important. You got to hold um, him tight. Never let him go. Yeah, I to me, the Tennessee Titans are the to put them in music terms. Okay, to put to put the Tennessee Titans in music terms. And it is Music City, so this is fitting. To me, and I'm going to make a, I'm going to go out on a limb with this, okay? To me, the Tennessee Titans are one of my favorite bands. Band of Horses, okay? (laughs) Okay, okay. Now, I'm sure most music fans have heard of Band of Horses. When you talk music, Band of Horses is not the first team, the first band that you're going to name. They're not the first, probably 
10 bands you're going to name. Probably not even the first 20 bands you're going to name. It's not going to be okay? the top of your playlist. It's not. It's not. They may work their way into their playlist. You know, they'll have some success. They'll have songs like The Funeral or No One's Going to Love You that make some mainstream success every now and then. But for the most part, you know, they've been at it for probably 20 years now. Probably maybe even over 20 years now. They've been at it on the grind. Nobody sees that grind because nobody really pays a whole lot of attention to that. Titans are a very similar vein where like I love them so much and I'm all in on them. But if I ask a random NFL fan here in Chicago about them, they could maybe be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of them before. That's a lot of what it is, you know, outside of, you know, for what it is. Now, that's why, you know, you and I always talk about, you know, being loud and proud about them, you know, like uh, being kind of being almost like the salesman for them to get other people involved. So that way, when they do make it big, when they do end up, you know, headlining the Grammys, then then you can be like, yeah, I knew them when I knew them back when before they were selling out primetime games on Amazon, you know, like name me three albums. Oh, yes, oh, I exactly. You, I can name you all of their albums, not just three of them. <laughs> Right, that's right. Probably, that's probably that. That might be a game people play sitting around when the Titans are on prime time. Okay, name five Titans players. Yeah, I hate right. to admit that that's true, but another to put it in a different perspective as well. Great analogy with the band of horses. The NFL just kind of rolled out their plan for in, international. I mean, just like to 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 bring a global audience to football. Yeah, and they attached twenty one different teams. And kind of like place them in different places across the world that might make sense. Like the Eagles are in New Zealand. Uh, I think Jordan Mailata is from there. It's just, you know, and the, the Saints are in France, which makes yeah. sense because, you know, the Louisiana Purchase and all of that. I don't even know if that makes sense. I don't want <laughs> to get into like my sixth grade social stat- studies class that I didn't pay attention in. But yeah. what, they've, what they've done is they've pretty much highlighted 21 different teams that are marketable. And sent them to you know to start building fan bases globally. Yeah, and yeah. The the Bears are in the United Kingdom. They're in Spain. Uh, yeah. The uh the Rams and Eagles are in New Zealand. Uh, the Jaguars are in Ireland. They are in uh the UK. The Steelers are, are in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins are in Brazil. Uh, the Rams are in China, which that's how they get China. I feel like China would be a good one to have because like there's so many people there. I bet Cronky's <laughs> got ties in China. Like, there's not a doubt <laughs> in my mind Cronky's got ties in China. But and we shouldn't spend too much time on this rule. We've kind of gone on gone on for a little while, but I think it's been a good discussion. But the the Titans aren't among those 21 teams that are right that are going to be in other countries. That, Extremely that, NFL, frustrating. The NFL doesn't think highly enough of the Titans and their marketability and the fan base, maybe, to go ahead and say, "Oh yeah, you, you've done your job at home. Now let's go bring in more fans across the, you know, across the pond." Right, right. And they're, and saying, is, they're essentially it, saying, "Work in your work in work in the southeast. Let's start yeah, there. It, prove it." It's frustrating because you see a team like you know the Chiefs. They've got Switzerland, Mexico, Germany, Austria. They have representation in all of those countries, and even the Jaguars. I, I mentioned they have multiple. Basis now, granted, I mean Jaguar, uh, Jacksonville. They've got Ireland and the United Kingdom. That's all part of England, yeah. right there. Uh-huh. But, uh, but you know, like it's you see them listed multiple times, and you and it's like frustrating. You're like, what the heck? And 
Now, I do think the Jaguars are listed on this. I, I think the Jaguars and the Titans are very similar in terms of fan bases and fan base size. The but the Jaguars are 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 represented here because they've had those games being played in London. If the Titans were playing every year in London, the Titans would be on this list without and doubt. For the Jags, it's truly a blessing and a curse, right? Because you, you don't want to be the team that gets sent to London every year. But yeah, now exactly. it's like now it's like, oh, we actually could use the extra, you know, shot in the arm of fans. Well, this is the handwriting on the wall. I think it's no state secret that the NFL is looking to expand globally, put a team in Europe somehow, whether it be in Germany, whether it be in England, and they are going to probably relocate one of their 32 teams because I doubt they expand past 32 teams, but they are going to look to put, if not a team, then if not teams, like plural, put like an entire division in Europe, then at least a team. And I think the Jaguars are at the forefront, are the probably the leader in the pack as the team that moves. They're already having, you're already seeing it in the news right now. They're having uh, stadium issues. They're having, you know, um, renegotiation rats. issues. Yeah, rats. Jacksonville and, and has rats. Orlando's pining to host them for a season while they update their stadium and, and everything like that. So, like, you're already starting to see those. And th- that's not by, that's not on accident. That's not by coincidence. That is... This is how it got, happens. This is it's kind of like what happened with the the St. Louis Rams and how they ultimately moved to Los Angeles. You know, little little bad news articles come out, attendance slips. Now, granted, the Jaguars are having great attendance right now because they're they're playing well. They're they made it to the playoffs, and you really saw Jaguars fans come out of the woodworks. That that's not necessarily good for a potential move, but. I think the handwriting is on the wall that this is what the NFL is setting up. And so, yeah, when you see a the NFL roll out this NFL, not even roll it out because it's been around in, for a couple of years, but they're expanding it. The NFL Global Markets Program, and you don't see the Titans involved in that. You're like, well, damn it. Like, this is, it's frustrating because this is, like, the Titans are a fan base. And I look, I'm truly passionate about the Titans. I want to see Jack, you and I joke about it every off season. This is the time to recruit new fans, make new fans. We like get your friends that are, you know, maybe fans of a team that relocated or, or fans of like just casual NFL fans, turn them into Titans fans, get them to buy low with the Titans and ride it high. Get in now. Uh, I had a kid. That I did my part to grow the fan base, <laughs> literally. Uh, and trust me, she will only be pulling for the Tennessee Titans. But that is, that's what we joke about. And then you, this here is a prime example of how the Titans can grow their fan base. It, you know, even if they're fans in London, if they're fans wherever they may be, having more Titans fans just helps. And so you see teams like the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Eagles really mo- listed multiple times. They have years. They have national fan bases they've been around for 30 years longer than the titans have been in existence a global brand absolutely exactly exactly and when i went to london a couple years ago for that titans chargers game i met a lot of other titans fans and i i I met one titans fan where he's like yeah i'm from utah i'm like utah how did you become a titans fan he's like I was a fan of the Oilers growing up, and when they moved, I moved with them. My allegiance moved with them. It had no no bearing on it. So I was like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. And I met a lot of fans like that. It just takes time, and it takes things like this. And you got you got to get you got to catch some breaks. You know, you do. You got to catch some breaks. You got you have to put a winning product. Look, winning solves everything. Winning solves everything. So if you win on the field, it pays dividends. I mean, like. 
you know, I, I, I know A to Z sports saw it. I cork bats saw it when like, even just like in winning, like back when, when, uh, when the Titans were playing in the divisional round against the Bengals, I know cork bats saw a crap ton of growth in that one week alone. I guarantee you A to Z sports saw the exact same thing. When, when the team is good, when everyone's winning, it's good for business. It's good for everyone. And it solves a lot of problems. And I think if you just can continuously build a product that is competitive and always in the hunt, then ultimately you will get paid off in things like this. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I mean, even though that this, you know, the two of us on this podcast don't need winning to incentivize podcast growth because we, uh, you know, our happiness kind of hangs on the Titans winning and losing. Uh, yeah. We do better when the Titans win. Our numbers are better when the Titans win. You're exactly right. That's a great point and uh, a great little, I won't, won't even call it a rant, but that was just, that was an entertaining dialogue. The, that, that well, you, and the Titans are right now are kind of at a crossroads because you, you're, the Titans saw a flash of that success a couple years ago. They see it. You see a flash of it and you're like, oh, oh, let's cling on to it. And their grip wasn't as strong as hope. You know, it's like, it was literally, it was Tom Cruise on the side of that plane in Mission Impossible, you know, and, and except instead of holding on and climbing into the plane, <laughs> the Titans fell off and, and you, you knew fell to you the ground below. That, you knew you were going to fall off that plane at some point. Like, it well, just, it just didn't yeah. seem like you were going to be, be along for the ride and make it. No, to your no, 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 no. I, I, I'd, I'd push back on that because you and well, I, I think, true, I guess, AJ, I think AJ you Brown and I trade thought, changed everything, you know, and, and a, a lot of people like to crap on the, the, the Tannehill deal, which I will admit has not aged well at all. But, um, at the moment, none of us really were pushing back on it. No one like people were like, yeah, this yeah, the, man earned his money. They find, they found their guy. Of course you're going to lock him up. You know, like that's the hardest position to lock up in sports. So no, you know, no one was batting an eye at it then. And then, and then at the same time, you still also locked up your, your bell cow in Derrick Henry. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is great. Well, you know, obviously things fall apart. <laughs> I, you trade AJ Brown, which is like, kind of like the biggest domino of them to fall. And, and then think you, you have no, you have health concerns and like injuries that just With mount on up. First round picks. Yeah. First round picks. Yeah. Multiple whiffs in first round picks, which those mount up over time. And you, the, that plane just continues to ascend and you start falling off back down to, to ground, uh, back down to the earth. And so, however, like, and so this, this lead, this is, I'm trying to segue this into the Derrick Henry, uh, conversation that we had talked about today. And so a lot of people are seeing like, oh, well, the chiefs, they uh, continue to ascend. The bills continue to ascend. Now you're seeing the Jaguars continue to ascend. And all of these teams are ascending, in offenses that aren't surrounded uh, around your running back. And so a lot of people are viewing uh, the Titans offense as archaic and uh, not a way to have sustainable success, which is why people want to, they want to get their quarterback. A lot of people are saying that box has been checked with Will Levis. And, and then they're saying, okay, now you got to get an offense that has weapons that you can strike fast with Passing the football, which I'm not, I don't disagree with that at all. And the reason we're, we're getting into this Derrick Henry discussion is because Greg Cosell joined 104.5 The Zone 
um, last week. They joined 3HL. You may have seen it from the A to Z uh, Sports NFL account tweeted out. And then Greg Cassell did a live event with Buck rising over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Remember, give four and a half stars to the Tighten Up Idiots, 0.5 stars to Buck. We don't talk about it enough. Greg, we also share a podcast feed with Greg Cosell. Uh, wait. The install with Buck Rising. We we don't ever we don't ever really. I guess we give Buck maybe too much credit. Oh my god! Because that I is. Not, a, I thought that I I legit thought that was a different, a totally different feed. This is news breaking news. It could to me. be. It could be a different feed. Uh, no. But <laughs> either way, Buck Rising is tied to us, and we are okay. Tied to Buck, Buck, Buck is somewhere whether, somewhere in <laughs> whether he he likes it or not. <laughs> I mean, because we do, we do the six one five um, sessions is always Buck's podcast that I know for sure is on this feed. Um, I, I I don't think the install is, but if it is, look, you heard it here first, folks. Um, so uh, anyway, so that that uh, event went well, and and Greg Cosell joined three HL last week and talked about how he thinks this is the last year for Derrick Henry in two tone blue. I've got some thoughts on this, Jack. I've got some thoughts, and um, I feel like when it comes to Derrick Henry and Austin Huff, people pretty much know, uh, oh, that's the... Uh, Austin Huff will hold Derrick Henry's jockstrap all day, if he could. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people would at least think about <laughs> holding it. It is, it is, look, I've got a framed jersey of his, autographed framed jersey of his, literally right behind my head on this Zoom screen right now. Derek is, I I, I love him to death. I I built my entire dumb sports blog, Cork Paths, as the number one Derek Henry fan side in the world, just because I, I love to talk about him and I love to make content surrounding him because he's so much fun to watch. He's so dominant at his position. He is, he's truly unlike any other running back I think we've ever seen. Uh, aside from maybe the late great Jim Brown, rest in peace, uh, just passed away this past week. But like, he's truly like he's just built different, and I think he's he's continued to prove that over the last few seasons. And so I come from this from a a place of extreme bias. And whenever anyone says Derrick Henry's name, I always I either perk up or I get on the super defensive. And so when Greg Cosell comes on three HL and says. I see one more year of Derrick Henry two tone blue. Obviously, my my first reaction, my instant reaction, I go to defense. I'm like, come on, get out of here. You know, this is ridiculous. And and the reason I go there is because I think for the last two or three years, we've been hearing this every offseason of do the Titans need to move on from Derrick Henry? Last last year, we see a uh, and people were trying to claim that Derrick Henry is toast. That was literally the headline of an article that I, I broke down on Cork Bats of uh, someone saying that uh, uh, Derrick Henry is toast because of some advanced analytic metric. <laughs> like it is, it is truly, it's like people are, are trying to be the first one to the take that Derrick Henry is done. He is done. Last year, he goes off and rushes for 1,500 yards, is the second leading rusher in the NFL. Could have been first. Less with one less game played and did all of that behind an offensive line anchored by a guy named Dennis. Okay. So I, I'm pretty sure Derrick Henry did just fine last season, which leads me to believe he's going to be just fine next year because he's still got air in his lungs and red gloves on his feet. I mean, on his hands that he will use to stiff arm the faces of, uh, uh defenders. So yes. I'm, I, 
I, I, I hear that and I'm like, okay, yeah. I, why are you also joining this party, Greg Cassell? And, and then I hear him, I hear him explain it. I hear him, his explanation. And he talks about, actually, do you have the quote right there, Jack? Yeah, I've got the quote. He says, and this is pretty definitive. I, I mean, when, whenever you talk about Derrick Henry, like I, I don't have, I don't probably, I wouldn't be brave enough to say, oh yeah, the end is here or the end is even near. Right. Greg Cosell said this on 3HL. To me, this will be the last year for Derrick Henry in Tennessee. He's been unbelievable, no question about it. Clearly a phenomenal back, but he's not going to get re-signed given his age and the wear and tear. And I, I think that's important to note is there is kind of a uh, a finish line in sight, uh, and that being his contract coming to an end next offseason. I, however... Um, I, I've always kind of been in the camp of like, okay, well, when this deal ends, you you bring him back on a one, maybe two-year deal um, if he continues to perform. And I think, you know, by all metrics, I mean, if he can, can if he can give you 1,500 yards, be the second leading rusher in the NFL behind an offensive line that was terrible, yeah, re rebuild that offensive line. Let's see kind of what he can do this season and see, uh, let him prove his value, prove his worth, because he's only done that. He's been the best running back in the league over the last five years. He's had more all-purpose yards than any player in the sport since, what, 2020? He is... He, he is he's completely built that. And, and I think where Greg is coming from was... I, and he goes on to to talk about how the the Titans are looking to move on from having an offense built around Derrick Henry, where it is a run first offense, and it is and it is you got they spears want spears to, to help you out of the backfield, maybe. Yeah, maybe, exactly. They they know. want to go like to more of like a running back by committee versus an entire offense built around three three hundred forty nine carries out of Derrick Henry, which is what he saw last year. Which and I I and I I get that. I don't think there's anything wrong in like, saying that. That wasn't the plan. That. that wasn't the plan heading into last year. He wasn't supposed to get the ball three hundred and fifty times. You yeah, know? and he's going right. off a Liz Frank injury for God's sakes. There have been years finished... there have been years where that was the plan. But yeah, you're right. Last that was, year was not, not the, the idea. Plan. That was not the yeah. idea. But he was also one of just 15 players to receive an MVP vote last year. Um, and you know, with all of the adversity and all the, you know, the hurdles he had to jump literally and physically, or I guess literally, and I don't know what I'm trying to say, but either way, the guy isn't done yet. And I mean, sure. He's had wear and tear, but he's had wear and tear for, I mean, what have we been talking about? Two, three years well, now. That, and, and that's the, the thing the too. Injury, it's like people, the injury could, I mean, I don't want to say it was a blessing in disguise, but I mean, it, it prevented from even more wear and tear being on those tires. And I know you don't want to have a foot injury as a running back, but it, the chances of that specific injury reoccurring are extremely, extremely low. Yeah. So, people like to say, people like to say, Oh, this is a guy who's in his seventh year in the league. Um, but if you think about it, those first two years splitting carries, if getting any at all, he's really only been like a feature back for five seasons now. And one of those, you're right, was only half a season where was flanked by the, by the injury. The only injury he's had, he's only missed, Aside from that injury, he's only missed two other games. And both of those he sat out voluntarily because the game meant nothing. You're right. It man. is it, he has been dependable, he's been reliable, much like Tannehill was up until up until the injury last year, where it's like a guy like you know he's gonna be there every Sunday, which is and, hard at that position. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're not wrong. It's, I mean, Sam Phelan had a he wrote a great he had a great stat in this story. You can find it on A to Z Sports talking about um Cosell's comments. 
Interesting note, the last player to record a 1,000-yard season with over 2,000 career attempts, Adrian Peterson in 2018, former Titan Adrian Peterson. Derek yeah, Henry career Titan carries great. currently at 1750. It's a lot of carries. It's the most yeah. it's the most among active NFL running backs on rosters right now. But I I I don't I don't think that it's going to that that means that Derrick Henry's time in Tennessee is coming to an end. And let's just get into this discussion because Cosell, yeah. Cosell commented on Spears and he said I'll read his quote real quick and then we can dive in. Yeah. He said Spears is a different kind of back and my sense is that's the way they want to move anyways. They want a primary back as opposed to a foundation back. They don't want the offense to have to run through the back. If a given game dictates that, fine. Some games might dictate that, but they don't want it to be the way they have to play in order to have a good offense. So the NFL has clearly evolved from the offensive side of the ball. And the Titans are a little behind the eight ball in, in that, you know, in that light. But just because you have Derrick Henry on your roster doesn't mean you have to run him into the ground. By yeah. adding Spears, by having Haskins behind him, you, you mentioned running back by committee, and I think that's you know essentially the idea we're talking about here, but you can take a little off Derrick Henry's plate and now put it on Spears's plate. Now put it on you know Haskins' plate even, because Haskins yeah. can get some tough yards. I mean, he's proven to be able to do that. He's not exactly shown that he's a three-down back, but neither did Henry for the first couple of years of his career. So I just think that there are ways to help Derrick Henry and, and and to re-sign Derrick Henry. I know Derrick Henry is the, is the Michael Jordan, the LeBron James. The I, I mean, he's one. He's a generational player. But if he realizes this this season, that, hey, maybe I don't want to be that 350-carry guy anymore, do you think he would be okay to taking a contract that because I know running backs don't get rewarded with money? Do you think he would be willing to take like a discounted deal in order for a lessened role? You, I, you look, Derek Henry I want to use him, but yeah, but also, I mean, if that's the only way to keep Derrick Henry around is by saying, "Hey, look, we, we can only pay you this much, but we're not going to make you do all of the things you've been having to do for the past five years." Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I feel like I, I want to say yes, just because he seems like one of the most egoless players in football. I think uh -huh. winning to totally. him is truly important. And honestly, for a guy like him, he's accomplished just about everything shy of that. Like, that's really like kind of the only checklist he really needs to check off his box to become a, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, it is. Yeah, I but I and and, and I get. Look, I completely get every Titans fan's thoughts of wanting to reinvent the offense, to reinvent, like basically get with the times kind of update. You know, you've got a kitchen that was built in the 1970s. You need a home reno and you need to update it because you need to make the house more desirable. Time to call the property brothers. With the Titans moving into a new house, it's time to update. Uh, it's time to update and get the latest appliances. I get that, okay? Why can it why can you not why 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 can't Derrick Henry be part of those plans? That's what I don't understand. Why is it an either or? Why is it you either have Derrick Henry on your team or you update your offense and you get with the times? Why can't you have the best running back in the sport, a guy who has proved to be versatile, who can catch passes out of the backfield, who can, and I get he's not as shifty as maybe a Tajay Sharper or, or any, you know, like a 
I don't know what uh, Lashawn McCoy. But, but when you get him to the second level of the defense, I mean, you can't arm tackle Derrick Henry. Those you, DBs it, can't take him down. And that's the Not thing. It's like he has proved time and time again he can be a weapon in many different aspects of the offense. And you know, people say, "Well, we want a high-scoring offense. We want a we want a a, a, a an offense that can that can score through passing the football." Where were you two seasons ago? Th- excuse me, three seasons ago. Where were you when when Derrick Henry was on that offense and they had the third best offense in the in the sport? Where were you four seasons ago when they had a top ten offense? Like, and Derrick Henry was a pivotal part of that. So, like the two, it's not an either or. The two can coexist wholeheartedly. You just you need everything to fall in the right place. And I think right now he's the only thing on the offense that you know is in the right place. So why you're ready to move on from that? And I, I I get you're probably thinking, well, age and you know the shelf life of a running back. He's constantly proven us wrong year in and year out. When are we finally going to say, hey, he's going to be good until he's not anymore? And it, and like until he shows any signs, which to me he hasn't. And if you want to pinpoint, oh well, he lost a he lost a, a mile per hour off of his top end speed last season. <laughs> He was already he he had just two seasons ago he had the fastest top end speed of any player in the sport. He was running twenty two miles per hour on a, on a breakaway run, and it, which was marked as like the fastest, if not the fastest, the fastest of all position players. So, it, like, oh, so he lost a mile per hour, so now he's only running twenty one miles per hour. Damn it, that's still speeding in a school zone. And you like, see you you see this thing in every other sport, but not football. It's players who used to have a premier role, a, not only a starting role, but they were they were heavily leaned on. In the MLB, you see it with starting pitchers. They get yeah. moved back to the bullpen later on in their career. You yeah. see it with NBA players. They start coming off the bench. Carmelo Anthony, who just yeah. retired, prime example of that. But in football, and especially at the running back position, you don't see running backs stick around after – their time as a starter is their time as a three down back is over. You don't see them kind of move into that, you know, supplemental role or it it doesn't even have to be a supplemental role for Derrick Henry. He's still going to be the guy, but he's just going to have less, you know, less responsibility. It's like when John Smoltz started coming out of the Braves bullpen to save his arm, made him, you know, God knows how much longer his career lasted because of that move. David Price. It's, Derrick Henry can be the John Smoltz, the David Price. You don't have to run him 378 times like you did in 20 in 2020 with AJ Brown. Like that was the time to evolve the offense, but you still ran Henry almost 400 times. If you if you want to bring Henry back, and if you think that Henry can still help you win games, which he can, and every Titans fan who watches them play knows that he can still help them win games, then why wouldn't you? And last season was the year to do it, but it ended up it ended up okay. You fed him 350 times. He had 1,500 yards. Why wouldn't you start to move back a little bit this year? Why wouldn't and that doesn't mean you know keep him on the sidelines. You want your best players on the field. Yes, that, yeah, that and that's another thing. That, that was remember how many times we complained about that last year, where just the amount of attention that he can command to open up things for a passing game. And you need an OC to know the situation, right? Yes, like, yes. Derrick Henry should be on the field for third and short. Maybe he shouldn't on third and seven. You know, yeah, it, it's just these situations that are that seem so easy to us as fans, but I mean, for whatever well, reason, and, and the Titans if, if we as the fans last two years know, hasn't helped them out. If we as fans on third and short see that Derrick Henry's not in the game, you're like, well, they're probably not going to run the ball, and even if they are, it's not that scary of a threat. 
So if we're seeing that as fans, think about what the defense is thinking. Like when Dante Hilliard was out there for third and two, what what in the hell are we doing? Like if you want to manage his load, if you want to load manage in football here, no, like pick your spots better. Pick your like fight your battles in a different way. Like put put Henry in positions to to succeed on third and short and second and short maybe. Don't don't just grind out more carries, more snaps on you know, third and 15 surrender handoffs. Yeah. You know, they say it's like, it's, it's chess, not checkers. That was, <laughs> that, that was Todd Downing playing backgammon, not checkers. <laughs> but it's like, dude, that's battleship even. numbers. And we're like, yeah, what are bro. you doing, dude? Just move your chess piece. He's like, Uno. And you're like, that's not even, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, Jenga. <laughs> You're like, you don't even say, you don't even say Jenga in the game. What do you? Yahtzee. Yeah. It's like Todd Downing. Just stop blurting out random games, winning words when you're on the sideline. Just just play chess. (laughs) You're like, what are you? You're playing Twister now? What the hell, dude? Oh my gosh. Okay. But I mean, I think we've got a good plan going forward for Henry. So if we could just get, find a way to get this clip over to the Titans building. Yeah. And maybe in Tim Kelly's hands, I think we're cooking with gas. If if only we knew someone that works in the building. If only we had someone join our show last week that works in the building. If only we knew that the, the people inside that building listen to this podcast. Because we we look, it has been proven time and time again. Yeah, but but he's gone now. Who? J-Rob. No, J-Rob didn't listen. No, no, no. We, we've been over this. We, His underlings. We, we knew we knew darn well that it wasn't J Rob was the one listening to the podcast. It was someone listening to the podcast for J Rob oh, and yeah, then yeah. relaying the news to J Rob. There and that person, I, 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 yeah, it could be. I still believe is is um, hired in that job. Which, by the way, did you see Ryan Cowden? Ryan Cowden got a job with the New York Giants. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's. It's going to be a league in like five years where there's going to be a handful of former Titans oh. assistants that are going to have GM jobs. And J-Rob, speaking of J-Rob, spotted this week. Did you see this? Where they see him? I was out of town. I, I'm, I'm behind on the news cycle. He was at OTAs for a team. Any guess as to which team? The Atlanta Falcons. Oh, man. That would make so much sense, right? There or Chicago, right? What about the Patriots? That's where he was last employed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Weird. Okay. Weird, right? But I'm like kind Very of into weird. it. Yeah. Especially with the Titans playing them this year. <laughs> Reuniting with his old friend, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah. Who, like, I? it's going to be hard for J-Rob to join the Buck staff. If he does. I mean, look, he was only spotted at the OTAs. We don't know if he's going to be working there. But, like, how, what superstar is still in Tampa that he would be able to trade away on draft night. Like, I just don't know. (laughs) I know that we're already running long on this episode, but would you, if you were a team, would you feel comfortable hiring J Rob as a GM? Not maybe not this year. And maybe That's not even hard. next year. That's hard. And I know, I know there's Dude. so many Titans fans screaming at their podcast right now saying no. No, but I, I, th- but I think I'm yes. I think I'm, I, I would give him a second chance. See, and and this is why. And this is why I'm thinking this. This is why it's not an immediate no for me. When's the safest time to fly? Right after a plane crash. Because mm-hmm, the odds are better that you survive. I mean, look, J-Rob as a... J-Rob right now has got to be like a 
oh man, I royally screwed up at my last job. I am going to be on fire. And look, there was a lot of people pinpoint grade him for AJ. And I get that. But he did do a lot of good. Number 22 is not in your backfield rushing for 2,000 yards uh, or 1,500 yards a season with without him being drafted. Like there, there's there's a lot the of good that he did. The Tannehill here. move. I mean, he made it. He, uh, the Bayard. I, just there was a ton of good that he did. I, again, there was there was some really, really, really bad. But he helped turn the Titans. You know, he helped the Titans turn that corner into yeah. a team that would win the AFC South. I mean, like we as Titans fans feel like the AFC South is still ours. Like Jay- that's, that was because J. Rob helped build it. J. Rob to me was the Marcus Mariota of general managers. Good enough to get you to mm-hmm. a place. And once he, he got you to that Ryan place, Tannehill. I think he's the guy he traded for. Oh, really? Great, great first half, right? The 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 first half of his tenure, fantastic. I mean, we were we were claiming we were clamoring for executive well, of the year. He did like, ha- he did have his failures in the drafts, though. He did have some that's, uh, those, some big those, misses. Those came on, you know, a little bit later on. Obviously, the Dodd was the Dodd pick was bad. But the Farley, <laughs> Not, the Isaiah Wilson, the eventual Malik Willis, when you didn't tell anyone that you were probably going to draft Malik Willis, the A.J. Brown trade, like all of that happened on the back end. And obviously you get fired after a certain amount of those decisions. So there was no really that that was never going to be the middle. There wasn't going to be more good that followed that because of, you know, I mean, he had, he had lost his job. But I don't know. I, I, I would feel comfortable with J-Rob running the show for my team if I was like a, if I was even the Texans, if I was the Colts. Yeah, who could move yeah. on from Ballard. Oh, if yeah. I was the Colts, I'd I'd be giving him a call right now, like for sure. One, then, because he he comes from your division rival, in the division. comes from your division rival, and two, he he did do a lot of good to turn uh, a franchise around. That yeah. was that he was bad. Made. Also, sure. don't crap on the Kevin Dodd pick, dude. Crushed it in my 2017 Madden franchise. <laughs> People forget that, and that is not. And he doesn't crush it in my Madden franchise without. J. Rob drafting him in real life. So people forget that. Before we get to our new segment and our final segment of the day, let's first get a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. On a scale of one to twenty-six, Jack, how concerned are you that Christian Fulton not at OTAs? Uh, and when asked about it, Mike Vrabel had a one-word answer. Uh, when asked if Christian Fulton is here for OTAs, Mike Vrabel just simply said, "Nope." Well, I mean, you can kind of tell how Vrabel feels about it, right there. But I, I think that this year is so big for Christian Fulton, and maybe he sees the writing on the wall. He, he wants to train with his guys because, you know, all these soft tissue injuries that he's had since being drafted. But when Christian Fulton's on the field, I feel good about him on the outside. Like, I don't I don't worry about, you know, unless it's Jamar Chase in the playoff game. But I, I, I feel good about Christian Fulton 
as the Titans starting cornerback. Now, uh, yeah, I agree. McCreary and Elijah Molden's had some injury stuff happen, but I I do feel confident in Christian Fulton. It's just how do you get him on the field for 17 games? Perhaps that's you know trying a new offseason program with a different trainer. Maybe yeah. it's just staying away from the Titans training staff. Maybe that's I mean, the key. Yeah, look, maybe that is the key. Maybe, look, and in that case, stay away, dude. Don't show up until freaking week one. Yeah, take um, all your friends with you, too, please. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, but then again, I also think, you know, yeah, I felt good about Jadavian Clowney uh, not being at, you know, the offseason programs. And then, uh, and then we saw how that turned out. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably at a 14, maybe. I would like for him to be there, but four, out of 26. I'm at a 14. Okay. I think I'm at, I think I'm at a 10. Okay. All right. All right. Good. So not, not a ton of concern overly. Really and I, hard I don't think scale to, to use on the fly to 26 number scale. Well, his, his, that's his number. So I, I just know. I understand why we creative. use it. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> Maybe I should just go one to 10. Yeah, it is mathematically. It's yeah, hard to equate that, you know, move the three. Carry um, the one, one other quote from today's OTAs. Um, Tim Kelly was asked if the Titans have if the Titans have enough at receiver. Again, one word answer. Yeah. Tim Kelly. You don't have to lie for your bosses like that, man. You know you want more. He Tim, knows. Tim, 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 Tim. Listen, listen. Okay. Here's here's a little business one-on-one for you, Tim. Okay. When you're at work. And your boss says, hey, is there anything we can improve upon? You don't say, you don't say, no, no, everything's good. This is great. This is the best job I've ever had. No, if your boss, if, 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 if you have the chance to, to write a note down on the suggestion card and put it in the suggestion box right outside your boss's office, you put down, yeah, hey, maybe, maybe take that little uh, putt putt pencil and you write down a few more. Wide receivers would be nice. It would be you nice know? if you did that, like, but it, but all of the the notes and the slips were anonymous. Like Tim yeah. Kelly in front of like three hundred phones and microphones. It, in fact, him just comes saying differently than anonymous. him just saying yeah. Like, like I get it. He doesn't want to send a wrong message to his guys, the Nick Westbrook Aquinas, the Mason Kinseys. You know, the, the gosh, it's just embarrassing to say these names. I know Cody Hollister still isn't there, but he's still kind of there in spirit. So I'm going to say his name too, the Cody Hollisters. That like by saying the one word answer, yeah, like I you're you're trying to instill confidence, trying to say, look, these are my guys. These are look, I, we, I'm good with what we got. But by saying the one word answer. We can all read through that, you mm-hmm. know, where he's like, you know, he's just annoyed. He's like annoyed that he has to answer this question. Just saying, yeah, tells me everything I need to know about I how don't he know. feels about that. After watching the Alec Murdoch trials and when he was on the stand, <laughs> you know how he would over explain every little detail about, you know, why yeah. he didn't do it. Like if if Tim Kelly over explained like, yeah, I mean, NWI, like he's such a good you, you know, route runner and Kyle Phillips, man, he would come across great, as guilty. He's a great run blocker. And he just, you sure. know, by, by over describing, he eventually lies about all of his different players. I feel like that would make him look worse. I, you know, less is more, I think with that answer. So, okay. Even though he's okay. lying, I think that's the best way to do it. All right. Not, not a bad, not a bad point right there by you. So basically what uh, I'm getting from your take on it all is that uh, Tim, 
Kelly is guilty of murdering his wife and young child <laughs> well, on the back property and then trying to frame it as an accident. Well, whether whether or not that he did it, I think that he's got a better chance to win the jury over. Okay. All right. All right. Um, man, I would love to see the Netflix documentary on Tim Kelly. Um, I'll tell Let's you what. Let's hope we don't have to see that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Not Tim Kelly. There, there could be a Netflix ten-part documentary on uh, Todd Downing and how he murdered uh, one of the best offenses in the sport <laughs> in just two seasons. There could be. I That's and true I would crime watch, right there. Yeah, I would watch that. Yeah, you and 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 the saddest <laughs> part about it, the man still walks among us, mm-hmm. and I'm and I mean that literally walks among us because he's not allowed to drive. You don't even you don't even need cars in New York anyway. <laughs> All right, let's get to our new segment uh, real quickly. It's a segment that we are calling Two Tone Blue? Question mark. Hmm. And uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, if you're a tupper, like our guy Eldon English putting tequila in his margarita, uh, that is, you know that um, that is a question that we ask whenever a free agent comes available whether it makes sense or not we always ask two-tone blue question mark and then we will always tweet it out and put it out on the internet and you can that's how you can really tell who listens to this podcast and who doesn't or who gets our show and who doesn't because we will ask that for literally anyone it could be you know uh, a head coach could get fired and we could be like two-tone blue question mark i'm pretty sure we're all fine with mike Vrabel. Uh, but we would still ask the question because that's what we do on this podcast. And because it stems from us being true fans and us seeing a, a, a free agent become available and getting so excited that that free agent is now up for grabs. We immediately think what they would look like in two tone blue and it, what they would look like as a Titan, whether it makes sense or not. Mm -hmm. And so that is where this whole segment stems from. And w- what we should do with this segment is, you know, have Twitter entries. So you guys tweet us, you know, your yes. best two-tone blues throughout the week. If there's any movement with players, there's going to be some yeah. weeks dry. But I think Marcus Hall had the best one this week. Yeah, he actually, this one actually, our first one in this brand new segment. Because we, we we say it all the time on the, on the podcast. We figured let's just turn it into a full-blown segment. And our first one comes this week from Marcus Hall on Twitter, who uh, tweeted at us. He said, two-tone blue. And then he said, please, with three praying hand emojis. And it is a tweet that reads, the at Broncos have informed me I've been released. More to come in the following days. That tweet comes from... <laughs> Brandon McManus. Oh, Brandon McManus, the big leg Denver kicker. If you're I, new to this podcast, also, you know, there's there's two things that get Jack and I revving and get us talking way longer than we should. Two topics, one of which is jerseys and uniforms. Jack and I could talk for days ad nauseum about uniforms, jerseys, what we would do differently, what we like, everything. The second is kickers. kickers. And we got a little taste of that last week with Amy Wells. We asked the question uh, about the kicker situation for the Titans because, look, Fit Randy's no longer with the Titans. So the Titans legit have a hole to fill and one of the most important holes, a hole that has the Titans have had trouble filling for the last few years. And you thought you had the answer with Fit Randy, but apparently the Titans said, no, he costs too much. And so now it's time. It's back to the drawing boards. And Which, is Brandon McManus on yeah. that drawing board? 
I don't know. I don't know whether he is or not, but it's it seemed like the only thing you had to do to be too expensive for the Titans at kicker is to like have have played long enough to secure a veteran minimum because Randy Bullock's <laughs> not going to break the bank. Come on. No, right? Also, can we, can I get into this McManus tweet? The Broncos yeah. have informed me I've been released. More to come in the following days. Doesn't what more is there just, to come? Doesn't this guy just sound like he got laid off from the athletic? That's exactly <laughs> yeah, like all yeah, of those writers yeah, right. when they move on from job to job. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like I've been informed by my bosses at the athletic that I've been let go. Uh, while this is very crushing for me, I will have more upon my next step in the coming days. Yeah, like or like someone who's like leaving the athletic uh, for for their next gig. You know, like I've got something great coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the next few days. Yeah. Oh, I though that is exactly what this is. Like Brandon McManus should either start a blog or a, a maybe a vlog and With get that Easter rolling because he, he knows how to tease he's got that part of the job down this is brilliant like because what else is there more to come like what more is there to come other than the fact like you gave us you gave us the whole story in the lead you know how like when you click on like a or you see a headline and the headline basically gives you the full story. You don't even have to click on the link to get the, the context and the details. Now, I think, you know, we kind of do that to a fault in our country. But, you know, like a lot of times it'll be like, it'll be like, Jerry Lewis has died. And you're like, well, I guess Jerry Lewis is dead. <laughs> you know, like you don't need to click on that to like get anything more. Um, that It's kind of like this. Brandon McManus has been cut by the Broncos. Boom. That's, That's the whole it. story. That's it. I don't but know what more is to come in the following days. Whenever McManus's football career comes to an end, he's got a long career as a writer slash digital sports media personality who gets fired and bounces from job to job to job to job. But right now, McManus is a kicker. And yeah. he's only 31 years old. Yep. He connected on 77.8% of his field goals last year. He missed eight total, but five of those were from 50 plus. And in Denver, you kick a lot more from 50-plus because of how thin the air is and how further, how much further the ball the ball travels. Yeah. Randy Bullock, like, I'm I'm okay with five misses from 50-plus. Like, Randy Bullock didn't even take five kicks from 50-plus with the Titans in his two years here. Now, he had he hit from 85% last year, fantastic percentage, and he's going to definitely land on his feet somewhere. But are you really comfortable in Caleb Shudak and Trey Wolf? the UDFA out of Texas tech Amy was talking about last week. I'm not, I would like a guy who's been there and done it before. And maybe he made some big kicks, uh, maybe won a super bowl with the Broncos. Yeah. The last remaining member of their 2015 super bowl team. Um, uh, that is a, it is a guy. And you said he, he's 31 years old. That is literally when, like if you want to equate it to uh kicker years, that's 15 years old. Yeah, he's below the age of consent in kicker years. Yeah, he is. His um, his Twitter name is literally the kid McManus. Okay, and if we want to get extremely juvenile with it, if you, he literally has anus in his last name, which is that is always funny and can make for a lot of great opportunities for Jack and I. That's not getting by you, is it? Yeah, look, I'm open to it. I, I, I. I think I'd entertain it. The last time a specialist came from Denver to the Titans, the Coffin Kerner. Look, Brett Kern, Brett Kern 2.0. I think we would all gladly take that experience uh, yet again. 
I look, I just bring him in, bring him in for training camp. You can always cut him. That's, that's my thought. Just bring him in, bring everyone in, you know, like have an open door policy. Don't put a bouncer at your door of training camp Titans. Let everyone in. Okay. They don't even need to bring it. They don't even have to pay a cover charge. Yeah. We're okay? not checking IDs here. No, okay? no, just, hey, man, just buy it. Just walk on through, walk up to the bar. Buy enough red solo cups for everyone, okay? Uh, Why not? I'm on board. I'm on board. And that was two tone blue. Okay, that was that was our first edition of two tone blue. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to submit some two tone blues, just tweet at us whenever a free agent becomes available, and just say, just just ask two tone blue question mark. And you got to say it in a high. You got to tweet it in a high pitched voice like that. Two tone blue. Jack, let me hear you. Two tone blue, two tone, <laughs> two tone blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this dumb, dumb podcast. We are the the dumbest, but uh, we tried to get serious there for a little bit about Derrick Henry conversation. I think that was look that shows growth. That shows this is a podcast that has been around for three years. That shows that yeah, we we do like to get silly and ridiculous. But look, when it comes to those we love, we will get serious and we will talk about it wholeheartedly. I was about to say, we're, you know, our fifth year option is going to be coming up sooner or later. Ooh. So Can you imagine what this what this show is going to sound like in year five? Hopefully not depressing because I don't know what this team's going to look like. See, I was going to say. I was going to say it's going to be cool to have all those new listeners after our first Super Bowl win. Um, that follow us at, on Twitter at Titan Up Pod on, uh, on Instagram at Titan Up Podcast. You can follow Jack at Jack A Gentry. You can follow myself at Austin Huff. Um, we are on there. We love to interact with you guys. Uh, we love the Tuppers so much. We have so many, so many great Tuppers. Um, there was one great tweet that we got last week that I wanted to read on the way out the door. Um, uh, the I it was it comes from Jay Bro. Um, Jay Brown get down, which is a great Twitter name, by the way, Jay Brown get down. Um, he says, I believe I can speak for a lot of tuppers. When I say we all played the whacking the balls jokes in our head. <laughs> so you guys didn't have to. And if Thank you're, you. if you, if you don't understand the context of that, you can check our Instagram account. We put a clip out from last week, our conversation with Amy Wells, where we were talking about kickers and she just blatantly said, that's a lot of whacking at balls and Jack and I held straight faces. The proof is there in the video. You can see for yourself. We held straight faces. And then at the end, we patted ourselves on the back for holding straight faces through it all. I mean, that took a lot, a lot from us. That yeah, is that, that did take a lot of restraint of, of all the workout of videos. That's gross. You see, yeah. And, and of all the workout videos you see from Derrick Henry this offseason, just know that the strongest thing you will witness was in that clip of us not even cracking a smile. That was I and I, you and I haven't even talked about it, Jack. Uh, I'm proud. I'm proud of us. I know it's hard to tell because we were in the three box zoom. Yeah, I, I feel like we were both just like looking at each other right in the eye. I, I looked right first? to you. Who's I looked break? right to you. And I was like, I was like, is he is he smiling? Should I should I butt in here? Should I butt in? No, no, no. OK, well, we'll be strong. We'll be strong. And then, of course, we're bringing it <laughs> up after the fact. But all right, uh, Jack, do you got anything for the road? No, I don't. I don't. Um, OTA is in full swing. I think we've had a couple go down so far. It's going to be a fun week. Um, hopefully we'll you know start to learn a little bit more about some of these new guys and uh That'll make next week's episode a whole lot easier and hopefully, you know, the rest of the offseason. But uh, thanks for bearing drill, with us. 
ladder drill season is in full effect. Okay. So when you see those ladder drill videos or, or, uh, people freaking out about ladder drills or like making a big deal about, I, I saw, Oh gosh, when the Titans released that video last week of the Titans pushing sleds. saw a lot of people just like, Oh man, how many other teams are working this hard in the mm -hmm. off season, you know? And it's like, no, literally 31 other teams are <laughs> guys. They're like, yeah, but who's pushing sleds? Uh, I mean, the freaking jets were like hauling logs. Like it's just, a, it, everyone's working hard. They're just doing different. Tennessee tough's never going to die. Don't try and kill it off. All I'm saying is like, guys, let's not, let's not, this is, it does not fawn over every piece of content that comes out. Okay. It is, it, it is, they're literally just practicing and doing their jobs. It'd be oh, like, you if we saw video, no, you it'd be like if we saw video of hypocritical Jack at his, Jack at his cubicle, get up and walk to the printer. Walk to the fax machine and send out a fax. That'd be like, would be like, oh man, nobody's nobody's working as hard as Jack Gentry at his cubicle. I, I hate that you have this take because now you can't put out a Derrick Henry workout video reaction. That's that without, is different. without looking like a hypocrite. No, that is different. That's that Derrick Henry, Derek, look, Titans put out a video of Derrick Henry walking out of a door yesterday, and I about pissed my pants. <laughs> I put out a boner alert video for it. It is. <laughs> I did. It is that to me. Look, anything Derrick Henry is is always the exception to the rule, including the shelf life of running backs. He's he's the exception to every rule that is out there. You're lucky I'll allow it. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, love you guys. Rate, review, subscribe. Remember, give four and a half stars to the Titan Up Idiots and .5 stars to Buck. Make sure you put that in the uh, little comment section there below. We love you so much. Seriously. And we're, look, we're one week closer. We're one week closer to the ball kicking off and us getting, getting to talk some actual football. So just bear with us this long offseason. We will get through this together. We love you. With all that said, until next week, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans.